Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Square Ball Podcast. Well, all right, you welcome to the first match ball podcast from us, the square ball, a little diary, a little bit of immediate reaction that you can track across the season, our immediate thoughts after full time. Uh, the whistle's just blown at Ashton Gate about 20 minutes ago, something like that. We're straight into the studio. We've got nothing but our thoughts from the match and a few scribbled notes. That was all right, wasn't it, for a first game? I don't know what anybody was worrying about. Why did we need to be concerned? Sell more players. We've got two. We clearly have too many. We're getting by just fine. We've sold one goalkeeper. Sell another. It won't make any difference. Uh, Kiko Casilla, well, to be fair, he was playing more of a sort of a sweeper anyway, wasn't he? Uh, he's, and I've just tweeted this from the Square Ball account, he's sort of uh, terrifying and hilarious all in equal measure. I know that the terrifying aspect of it doesn't matter right now because we've got a lot of games to go, like when you contrast it with Derby, for example, when it did matter when he lost his head, but... The man's a maniac. He didn't lose his head today, though. That's the thing. He was entirely in control of everything in all all situations. And that's why he's terrifying. Everything was fine. Um, particularly at the end when you saw him after he'd completely punched Liam Cooper's lights out. And he's just looking at everybody going like, yes, yes. <laughs> was I not supposed to punch? Oh. I do it all the time. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you know I'm a punchy man. You know this, lads. We do it in training all the time. <laughs> But there was a point as well that you made me laugh in the second half, Michael, as well. You know, when he, he saved quite low down at his near post, when I think Bristol broke down the right and Casilla kind of dived out. And you, I think you'd said something along the lines of he should have like, headed it clear. <laughs> he did, I mean, he set the marker. He was six seconds in when he decided to, <laughs> take, on the to take, on, take on their striker. It was like after, after the way he finished last season, you might think he's just going to try and get his head down, kick it long, do the simple things mm. right, first of all, and then maybe bring in the some of his more quirky aspects but no six seconds here we go what what reassured me about that is that confidence is clearly not a problem other players might have been knocked a little bit by the derby match but he's just like nope absolutely it's like it never happened do you think several years in Real Madrid's reserves as it just means he's used to reserve football where no one really gives a shit and he just plays with that mindset it could be, or maybe he's just inherited the... Uh, it was Scott Wharton who used to just um, damage Liam Cooper every match. I'm glad that somebody has taken up that mantle again of just every time we have a corner, we're just going to punch Coops. And it was great. I won it from the get-go. I think the first 15 minutes, we kind of um, just 
got we, a foothold in the game, but we just at, no, the ball. at no point did we look under threat. We just sort of found our shape, and then suddenly you saw it after about fifteen minutes. You're like, "Yeah, I know. We 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 know what we're doing now. We're, we're doing the Leeds thing, the Bielsa ball, and it was great. And we were in control of that match for most of it. And even then, do you know what? Uh, t- towards the end, even after they scored, we did that game management aspect, which we probably didn't do last year quite as well. I thought we did well to just you know stay down injuries niggle take the pace out of the game that just that kind of thing just enough to break up their uh, their momentum i was concerned that this the, this game was going to be like a microcosm of last season though where we like went out looked by far the better team well in control and then you, there was even in the in injury time you were still thinking mm, i'd rather i'd rather there was less injury time i think we're all still a bit damaged from the derby game in the ways that kiko kasia is not in that we Look at the team being three-one up and still think, well, we were we were two goals ahead of Derby on aggregate, and anything can happen. I don't think we've we've put enough distance between ourselves and that match. But if if a performance like the first seventy-five minutes there can't calm everybody down and just think, um, we were talking about it on the the extra ball. We had somebody saying um, we'll be lucky if we finish in the top ten. I would hope we can immediately, now we've seen us actually play a championship game, we can at least revise that upwards three or four places. And Bristol away is not an easy game. They're expected to finish in the, well, they're expected to challenge for the playoffs themselves, aren't they? Certainly if you believe Lee Johnson, which you, you probably shouldn't. Would you believe Lee Johnson? Well, no. Why would you believe Lee Johnson? The man's a born liar. If you watch this on the telly, you will have seen at half-time, you see, was it you spotted this, Bielsa waited around for the chippy little Yeah, they Yeah, they've showed it quite quite a lot they had the camera on Bielsa in the tunnel like looking for Lee Johnson wanting to apologise for whatever had gone on uh, just before half time which is uh, which is the mark of the man and then at full time gave him a, a very smug patronising pat on the shoulder um, he had to reach a long way down to give Lee Johnson a little pat on his little shoulder but uh, um, yeah, off you so. fuck that pat said <laughs> yep basically and even the, the half time apology was, was a I'm, I'm going to be the bigger man here because whatever had happened had happened well, he is the bigger man because Lee Johnson clearly at least a foot shorter than him. And I thought it would have been nice if Bielsa had perhaps just ruffled his hair and called him sport, something like that. So you did your best. Your players, your players put in a good effort today. Treated it like the... Uh, it should have been like the end of the Geisley friendly where he went over to their manager and said, that was very good. What division do you play in? Oh, the championship. Well, I bet you'll be trying to win it this year. <laughs> well, renting that house next to Thorpe Arch, that didn't work for you, did it, sunshine? Never mind. He looked um, smarmy today, did uh, did Lee Johnson. Because I asked you as well at one point during that game, Michael, who else has he managed before? And the only thing I could conclude was it was like a used car branch. That's the only thing. I could, he looks. He looked like he'd pop straight out into that forecourt and be all over you like a rash. He looked shifty in a suit. It's worse than that. It was Barnsley. He's, uh, he's the, the, the manager that Paul Heckingbottom aspires to be, is Lee Johnson. Um, so... That tells you, and yeah, he came out in that crisp white shirt. He was going for the kind of the Frank Lampard look. Um, didn't work. Just do what I, I, I meant to check. I noticed. Uh, I think Bielsa was wearing one of last year's hoodies. I think I don't think he's had the new centenary badge on. He was just going with what he was comfortable on. I might be wrong, um, but yeah. But you can always tell the kind of the upper team managers where they're where they're very little, and they're but they're wearing a big boy suit. Speaking of Bielsa's. Um Equipment. Did you notice the bucket is now sponsored? Yes. Wish. I, I feel said. uncomfortable with this. I wish made me think it might be a charity. Okay, if it's that's a charity. Right. I'm if it's okay. a charity. That's just about all right. The stickers did look a little bit manky, <laughs> like they didn't really set it off. Somebody whoever had put them on did not really, really 
ironed out all the bubbles as they applied it to Le Boucher. But uh, probably the only downside to today that slight bubbling of stickers on Bielsa's uh, Pouffe. Yes. And Pablo, what well, an absolute wizard that gentleman is. I'd, I was making some, because this is professional, I was making a few a few notes during the game and I had genuinely written down, just he'd done something just before he scored. I'm just looking at your notes now and what I see is you've written the word, you've written the word Pablo and then there's an ejaculating penis next to it. <laughs> no, that's my actual penis. Oh. It's just very small. Um, and I just wrote, Kiko, Kiko's still our best, not Kiko, Christ, <laughs> Pablo's still our best player. Kiko's just on my mind. I can't get him out of there. And yeah, took the piss. The, the double nutmeg six minutes into the new season. Mm. Absolutely glorious. The the goal actually miscontrolled it, but then just twatted it in anyway. The, the assist for Bamford miscontrolled it, then took the piss. Doesn't he can do anything? And it was, I think, what may have caught your eye just before the first goal was he. Uh, um, he was. Uh, it was a defensive header to Kiko Casilla at left back. He tied it up there, and then the next thing he did was a back heel on Bristol City's goal line, which a, a man of. 34 years old, a footballer of 34 years old, let's say, should not be able to get up the pitch that quickly, but he was. See if he can still do that in May. Um, well, if we've won the league by February, it won't matter, will it? Um, and then the next thing he did, he just gets the ball and, uh, yeah, loads of room, turn, whack it in the net, why not? And he Solves did. a problem, doesn't it? Solves he, a problem. He really did. Uh, he did whack it in the net in, in the nicest way possible. And I enjoyed, because what I've, re- I've really, really missed is uh, you know, in the replays, when you see people's hands go onto their heads, the home fans, mm. that was nice. You saw it, just that angle, you know, just behind, uh, directly behind the, uh, in front of the goal, sorry, facing it. It just curled it in and they just they thought, that's it. It's over now. I think that that possibly encapsulates what was so nice about all of this game is that we've spent all summer fretting about every micro detail, like Pablo, uh, how Pontus Janssen was sold, like the day-by-day, hour-by-hour updates. And then even now... Uh, the first thing you said to me when I arrived was, uh, oh, Kamal Roof, it's confirmed he's going to Andalect. Like, everybody, oh, every, stress, 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 stress. But then you look at our team from the perspective of Bristol fans and they're in the, the, the crowd with their hands on their heads in horror because they can't even hope for their uh, expensively assembled with the, the fees that they take in team. Uh, they've signed Casey Palmer. He's a good player. They signed, they, they signed their star centre-back from last season. He's the one who didn't mark Pablo Hernandez for the goal. They, they think, oh, yeah, we'll be brilliant. We'll be, we'll be challenging for the top six this season. And then Leeds come along, who know every Leeds fan is like, this is going to be terrible. Our goalkeeper's doing nutmegs in the first six seconds. And, but you look at their faces and they, they have no power. They have no control. They have nothing they can do to stop this relentless grey and pink force. <laughs> and that's, that's overwhelming them. The thing that I like, what you have to take into context, and we've kind of poked fun at the idea of continuity, but it took us 15 minutes. And we were fine from the get-go. Mm. It took us 15 minutes to kick into action and look like we've never been away. And let's not underrate that first 15 minutes because we spent the first 15 minutes just keeping the ball and just working out like where... How are we going to win this game? And then it was like, yes, let's just bang the ball at Jack Harrison because he can control absolutely any pass from any distance, from anywhere on the pitch. And then we'll just attack them from there and we will win. Still one or two um, kind of vibes about him of that excited poppy with balloon, but he's getting there. He seems to be not kind of having that as much nervous energy. I thought Harrison as well, he felt like he tried a lot more stuff today. It felt like last season he's he was more prone to just getting the ball out wide Looking in the box, then passing it backwards to a fullback. Whereas this time he was trying. He tried a few things where he tried to beat, um, tried to beat their fullback. Tried to kind of sneak little balls through to people, and I was kind of encouraged that even though a lot of them didn't come off, 
he was actually trying stuff this year, whereas last year it felt like he was playing it safe. And a word for Ben White as well, because we didn't know what to expect, really. And I think that's a fairly reasonable uh, reservation to have when this guy's never played above League One. But the flip side of that, lots of games under his belt. Great. Absolutely great. And he looked very, very composed, always just looking for the right ball and outlet a pass. Great, wasn't he? First game in the Championship, you'd think it was his 200th. He was absolutely fine. Him and uh, Liam Cooper, they've not played a... Did they play one competitive match together? They did against Cagliari, but we played a completely different formation. Um, I thought Cooper was really good today as well. There was three or four very good defensive interceptions and just reading the game properly, getting a good tackle in and uh, and White was doing it as well. I don't think um, if they continue in that form, we won't have a problem. We won't miss Janssen and then we'll have Berardi in reserve. But White's decision-making on the ball was nice as well. There were a few times where he, he had a few touches and he kind of looked at a pass inside and then he sort of judged the danger well that there were, there were players closing in. She took it back outside, up the line, received it back, just played just played it out really nicely. Yeah, Janssen used to slow it right down. It used to be him. He'd kind of do the old Tom Lees under Warnock thing where he kind of put his foot on the ball and kind of roll it like, I'm going to pass it here, I'm going to pass it there. And then in those days, Tom Lees used to just bang it at uh, Steve Morrison because those were his instructions. Um, but why it was just like, nope, decision made, I'm going to play it here, I'm going to keep it moving, it'll be snappy. What I liked as well, there was a moment when I thought, maybe this there is a bit of evolution that's gone on here because... He was caught in a position, I think it was, uh, he was out on the right-hand side in the first half, and he just put the ball into touch, because that was a sensible thing to do, mm. whereas last season it almost seemed we were sometimes just trying to force it, and we did play some risky manoeuvres, and some brilliant ones at that, in dangerous tight areas, but under those circumstances, he didn't have an outlet, and he just took the safe option, which you were kind of sometimes praying for them to do last season. Yeah, give Bielsa a chance to uh, beat that out of him, they'll probably be... Um, when they get to that part in the video analysis, they'll probably stop for an hour and discuss all the reasons why he shouldn't have done that. Uh, but no, everything from that point of view, we looked, considering who was in goal, we looked very solid at the back. We did. And I think we sometimes forget, I think because of the anxiety of how we finished last season, um, which let's face it was absolutely disastrous. Everybody carried that anxiety over into the new season and suddenly thought we were a bad team. We weren't. We were only really a bad team. All right, wheels came off, kind of Wigan, Brentford, mm. towards the end of the season. Uh, and we petered out. But we were great for the vast, vast majority of last season. And I think that was the thing that was forgotten after Derby. And even in the midst of the collapse, we completely outclassed Derby at Pride Park in the first leg of the semi-final. We were brilliant in that game. Um, and we, everyone was worried going into that. Is it just going to be another Wigan, another Brentford? We turned up. We, we were very good against them and we won and then the uh, the second semi-final uh, the second leg was just madness um, yes we were a very good team last season and um, and we're still the same team largely it's Ben White swapped for Pontus Janssen and apart from that it's pretty much the same bunch Bamford oh. as well let's give a word to Bamford because he's coming for an almighty amount of stick for whatever reason and I thought all things considered, it was a pretty bloody good performance from him today and he scored. That's his job. I think the goal is obviously a huge help for him because I don't... Well, I, I'm going to mention it, so I do feel I do feel the need to mention it. But it, there was a bit in the first half where he got out-muscled and he sort of did a, oh, come on, please! <laughs> yeah, He's I, got my shirt, referee! He did one of those. And it's the sort of thing that if you don't score, people focus on hmm. that. 
Whereas as it as it is now, he's kind of got his goal. And hopefully, we can just like move on. It was a real flappy hands tantrum, wasn't it? And um, but and he was still doing some of the stuff of where he's not where you feel like he should be, kind of hanging around outside the box. But when Pablo Hernandez did um, play the ball around the outside of that defender, <laughs> which and, was, uh, can we just pause for a second and just I was slowing it down deliberately? Yeah, let's just acknowledge that moment because that was sensational. Um, and Bamford read that and took that opportunity to for once get to the front post in the six-yard box. And uh, I noticed the the club's official tweet described it as a bullet header. And when have we had the opportunity to praise Patrick Bamford for a bullet header? But that's, I mean, part of the plan was, uh, we think, create better chances for Bamford and he will score better goals. So, and we've started off with a bullet header. A bullet header. Bamford's positioning was interesting because there were several times in the game where Forshaw was ahead of him. Which is really weird to see because I think of Forshaw as an intrinsically defensive player, and then he's all of a sudden essentially our centre forward. What part of uh, Adam Forshaw hitting really weak shots uh, <laughs> that trundle ten yards wide of the goal makes you think he's a defensive player? I don't want to hate him. I really, really don't. He's just—I don't think he's suited to that. But you know, Bielsa likes him. One thing he does do—he did it on a couple of occasions—was like little sneaky passes through. Mm. He does that all right on the edge of the box. But when it drops to him, you don't expect him to score whatsoever. Do you know what I think it is? I think we're conditioned to seeing him playing the really, really simple, obvious ball always. Whereas Phillips doesn't. He looks a bit more rangy or he'll sometimes try and play. Because yeah, a lot of Bielsa's idea is around the idea of playing vertically, isn't it? Like um, through the lines. Mm-hmm. And Forshaw tends to be a bit batty-esque with his sideways passing or you know turning in circles and stuff. And you don't see him as a dynamic player, do you? Whereas um, Phillips has got that kind of range and you see Pablo dotting up popping up in, in all those kind of holes between the lines and stuff. And you just don't see that from Forshaw. But I think he managed it a bit better today. Who was it gave uh, Pablo the ball for the first goal? Was it Forshaw on the edge of the box? Passed it to him. I can't remember. It was Forshaw with the big, big pass out to Jack Harrison that set the whole thing moving. It's just this idea of uh, Bamford kind of drifting out of the way so that Forshaw can rush into the box and then just scuff a really slow shot that goes wide. That's where it kind of falls apart. But um, other than that, yeah, he was he was, he was as tidy as uh, as he's always going to be, but not much more impressive. Let's let's just see what happens when uh, Shackleton is fit, and uh, and see if we can get a, mat- a message to Berardi about who needs a little a minor training ground knock. <laughs> Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry. And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, any favorite moments out of that match you'd like to pick out, apart from Kiko Kasia and Kiko Kasia and Kiko Kasia? The goals. It was nice to see us scoring some goals. I particularly enjoyed the third one for how... Uh, Stuart Dallas managed to outpace their uh, left back by just jogging. I was even before we'd scored that goal. I was saying it's too easy. You just say, you just managed to. I think um, that was that not Dallas at full tilt. <laughs> well, this is what I was going to say. Dallas is not blessed with pace, um, but he managed to just stroll down the right hand side and then into the penalty area with all the Bristol players just looking at him. And then that well clicked. Do you want to do you want to try shooting? And he tried. And Harrison uh, popped it in. It's nice that Harrison got a goal, actually, with all the uh, the preseason kind of Jack's been working hard in New York stuff, like he's uh, Rocky in Philadelphia. <laughs> was it was it Philadelphia with Rocky? Good, I'm glad I got that right. Um, yeah, with his like, I've gone to America to come back a beefcake, and uh, and he has looked very good in preseason. He looked very good in this game. So a goal just to top that off. It's similar with the Bamford thing. Just get that opening day. Get a goal. He's been on a diet of chlorinated chicken all summer, <laughs> almost protein in that protein intake, pumping himself up. When he mentioned Rocky, I it reminded me of that with um, Kiko's punch to Cooper because on the slow mo, you know, on the Rocky films, you, you sort of see the sweat fly from the head <laughs> as, you, as, as you get that as you get that punch, and it was on the replay. Everyone went, "Oh, <laughs> fucking hell! He's actually he's properly got him there, isn't he? He's really clocked him." I don't think Kiko is the kind of person who ever holds back. <laughs> Great fun at parties, I bet. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Kiko can be a favourite moment. I, I, I'm worried about him already. I'm worried about the season and my life under him this season. It'll be interesting to see who we sign as a as a backup goalkeeper to replace. Sign a first choice players. goalkeeper. <laughs> but if we get, if it is just somebody, if we if we go for another Peacock Farrell character, just that dour kind of rectangular headed stern presence who if they if they have to train together if every day is just like oh, enough of the jokes Kiko can we do some serious no mate you're, you're misunderstanding that all keepers have got the madness it's just how it manifests itself that's true the other option is we just give Alioski some gloves and let him crack on so yeah Douglas has got his uh, has got left back nailed down so if you want if you want to try out being our backup goalkeeper give it a go answers in his own uh Distinguished uh, series of grunts and clicks. Barry uh, Bazdog did worry me slightly today because he was doing what he did last season of just fucking off from left back and leaving massive gaps behind him. And uh, I'd kind of like him to... Dallas, not being the fastest player in the world, seems to have the ability to get back into position. Whereas Douglas, if he's out of position, he may as well be off the pitch. And that leaves a gap for Kiko Kassia mm. to fill, which is what <laughs> which is what worries me. It's like I'd rather see... If, there's a, if Kiko can see a defender... In marking all the space, he's he's maybe a little less likely to come charging out. But if there's a big hole... But, question on that, right? So, Harrison plays so far up, doesn't he? He plays very advanced, does Harrison, right on mm-hmm. the like back foot of the last man kind of thing. 
So that side of the field naturally has to gravitate forwards more. Like So if, if Douglas is going to support him, he's got to play further forward. Whereas on the right, if you've got Pablo, he plays a little bit deeper, comes and gets it. He's a different kind of player. Mm. They've just got to be careful on it. There was um, there was one where Harrison was the one chasing back and I don't know where Douglas has gone. Oh, it, it, There was a couple of times last season when this happened where, and it, it is possibly to do with the way that we, we balance the tactics and how far he's got to go forward. But it's where Alioski has the advantage in that position is that he does charge back. He doesn't care what his starting position is. He could start on the top of East Nil and he's like... <laughs> he doesn't realise where he's tired, does he? He's like a child. <laughs> exactly, whereas... Uh, and it was interesting... It Still was, got his uh, coat on, all sweaty. <laughs> it's interesting that it's uh, Baz Dog that got taken off for Janny. That, that, that was a move that happened and then uh, Bielsa quickly realised he'd, he'd possibly got that wrong and had to bring Leif Davis on as well just to... Uh, Sort it all out on that side. Well, he got a bit of a bollocking, didn't he? Did a little leaf. Did so, he? What did he do? Just probably not on the right blade of grass when he should have been. <laughs> These are not the patterns that we showed you. Very bad, Davis. Very bad. Hey, we've not mentioned Costa yet, and that's that's quite indicative of how good a performance it was, because Costa, <coughs> the star man from the summer, £50 million pounds of shite. What a waste <laughs> of money. Just goes to show, buying players... Massively overrated. Don't need any. Uh, Bielsa's banging on about, oh, we, we have to adapt if Roof leaves in his post-match press conference. We adapt by, I mean, if Alioski doesn't fancy goalkeeping, maybe he fancies being a striker. I think Kiko Kassia fancies being a striker. Is that, there we go. Do you see that point in the second golf. half where we, where we kind of glanced at each other and I think one of the centre-halves was deeper than Kiko Kassia. Dropped was, him behind yeah, him. Yeah, dropped him behind him when the ball was in open play. <laughs> Yeah, well, it had a lovely vibe of playground football of like keeper when needed, you know, and you're, you're sort of switching over. One of my favourite moments was the ball was uh, going towards our goal and it was just bouncing over the, the halfway line with no player near it. And because of the way that the shot was framed, I was waiting for Chico <laughs> Casilla just to appear from the left yeah. and, just t- and shoot. It was near enough to goal. I thought he could just appear and just he could just crack this, but uh, Cooper went and, and sorted it all out and he, he'd stayed well back for this one. But... Um, Oh, he's going to score this season. I think it'll either be a... Um, we were saying at 3-1 up when we had a corner. Why doesn't he just go up and just give it a go? I'm, I'm up. I'm up for Kiko Kassia. Maybe it's maybe it's first day optimism, but whereas I'm like, Barry Douglas, your positional play is questionable and really needs to be worked on. I'm like, Kiko Kassia, you just crack on, mate. I'm, I'm very happy to let you do whatever you want. <laughs> He is slightly insane. Sorry, back to Costa anyway, because I got, uh, we got oh, sidetracked yes. there. That bastard. No, there was a moment, I think, he didn't get much into the game because uh, of the way that it kind of swung back in Bristol's favour, but there was a couple of touches that he did out on the right-hand side, that little interchange of play. Do you remember it with Pablo? Kind of just He just killed it dead and brought it and tucked it inside all in one movement, and I thought, yeah, you're all right. He's yeah. a good player. He had one good run into the box as well. And it's nice to have people who are not teenagers to bring on. You know, someone who's actually done this sort of thing once or twice before. Because as good as our young players are, it's, it's putting a lot of pressure on them to so just go, right, Shackleton, on you go. Win us this game, please. And I'm sure we'll see plenty more of him as the season wears on. Um, so then, shall we pick some heroes and villains? Early runners and riders for this. If you listen to the regular podcast, and I presume you do, hopefully. If not, you should. Um, we do heroes and villains. So let's, let's go for some early ones uh, at this stage before we record the regular podcast uh, in a couple of days' time. So who have we got? I think Kiko... As I've just said, providing me magnificent entertainment, if not uh, a sedative effect. But Kiko Garcia, hero. You're going hero for him? Okay. Definitely. Oh, why are you going villain? <laughs> I, was gonna go, I wasn't sure which section we were we can, starting I mean, then. We can put him in both. 
Yeah, okay. Because he's, he's a lunatic, but he's a brilliant lunatic. I was setting it up to say that he does. He should also be considered as the villain of the piece. Um, he's been a talking point. Let's hope it is 45 more matches of us talking about the goalkeeper. That would be great. And obviously Pablo. Hero. Pablo, yeah. I mean... I mean, he got Sky's man of the match. Although, actually, I would, uh, I want to. There was some villainy going on with Pablo, um, not passing to Bamford. Lad needs a goal. Don't try and curl it around the defender and the goalkeeper at once. Just pass it four yards to your left, where our number nine striker is waiting for once in a very good position <laughs> to just crack the ball in the net. And there were a few times where I think it was just Pablo's like, I, I don't think you, no, maybe if you can get to the half a yard from the goal I'll pass to you and you can score but six yards out I'm not going to trust you here um, but no Pablo's a hero and maybe he's a hero for uh, not trusting Bamford maybe you've seen him in training all pre-season and he's been shit well I did, did pass to him for his goal so I had no choice <laughs> who else is he going to pass to from there maybe maybe uh, he just looked up quickly and he thought it was click I've got a candidate for hero as well I think and I know he's been a controversial figure on our podcast before but the uh, the Bristol City Chairman what's he called? Oh, uh, fuckface, muck, um, horrible Look offshore. Man. Yes. Offshore Charlie, call him. <laughs> offshore Charlie. He. I want to nominate him as a hero, an unlikely hero, because he gave that little lad a go. Steve Lansdowne. That's the one. There we go. He gave that young lad a go at uh, managing him today. He did. <laughs> that was very fella. good. Got him a, a specially made suit as well. He looked. Didn't he look like a little Bobby Dazzler there on the touchline? Like a little Victorian boy. <laughs> All smart. Can we nominate that prick? as a villain as well, without reading his post-match press conference comments, but just in advance of them being horrific. I think that's a, that's a fair shout. I'm yeah. pretty confident that he is probably whinging to somebody right now. It'll be, oh, that, that fight before halftime, I know Marcelo apologised, but, you know, it shouldn't have happened. And uh, they're, they're Calvin Phillips, that second tackle on the edge of the box, that should have been the second yellow. And uh, and I know there was a moment when uh, Phillips got his yellow card. And uh, let's nominate the referee, because the referee had that... Um, 10-minute bout of villainy where he just went around and was like, I've not really had much to do in this game, so I'm just going to book some players. And he went to Phillips and he's like, this is totting up. Uh, There was a foul there, foul there, foul there. And I'll I'll check the stats and they'll probably prove me completely wrong. But I can't remember Phillips being like, even conceding more than two fouls in the first half. Phillips wasn't booked. Yes, he was. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Adam Forshaw, you're thinking. No, he booked them both. He booked Phillips as well. Yeah, absolutely did because he did he did that totting up thing. Yeah, but I could not see any of the fouls that he was talking about. But he um, he reminded me of the ref. Who was the ref in the Derby home leg? It was one of the Premier League ones, wasn't it? I mean, I can't remember who referees are. Well, anyway, he um, I remember thinking at the time he'd kind of dug a bit of a hole for himself because he unleashed the yellow cards too early in that game. And this guy thought up to a point he'd actually done all right, but as soon as that yellow card came out for the first time, then it was out for everything. That was the problem. That's what these referees seem to do. It's like, let everything go up to a point, then it's like, you flick the switch, and that's when the cards start getting dished out. Michael does have an interesting point, that the yellow card for Phillips does not appear to be showing in the match stats. He wasn't booked. <laughs> but why did he show him a yellow card then? I don't think he did. I think he, I think he was talking to him at one point about, he gave him a really long talking to for one tackle, um, but then didn't book him. But then he did book Forshaw and then explained at length. I think that you, might be it. That he, he was. This is the, the, see. This is the problem with coming in straight after we've not checked any of, any of the actual facts. <laughs> he annoyed me with uh, with not the booking. It was that thing of I've seen you making loads of tackles over, all around, and Phillips pulled the same Cagliari red card face, which was just like, no, I haven't. 
Okay, right. Well, I still want to nominate him because uh, I want. I want to nominate him for, like a prick. for thinking about booking Phillips. He yeah. wanted to. Given half a chance, he would have done for an unnecessary lecture. You see, I'm confused now. I was convinced he'd booked Phillips. I was convinced as well. Never mind. Because there was a couple of points in the second half when I thought, "Hang on, don't make that tackle here, Calvin," because you could get yourself well, that's sent it. off. There was the one on the uh, the edge of the box. Um, I don't know. It's very. It's a very confusing game, football. Fortunately, with this new format of the podcast, we have the opportunity to come in on uh, in a couple of days, and we'll we'll sort it all out then. Mm. But in the meantime, we'll just nominate him as a villain. Um, presume, Seems fair enough. Yeah, presume he's in the wrong, and that we're right. So that yellow card for Phillips, villain. There we go. We can always rescind it later. They never rescind a yellow card against him, will he? Another villain nomination. Um, Matty Taylor for breaking Kiko's nose. That's 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 how he work. That's how he operates, isn't it? That foot was very high, and it was very close to his nose. It could it could have broken his nose. I think it might have just been the shock and the fear. It's like a it was a mental nose breaking. Nothing else. A, a near a near <laughs> miss in a car where you think, oh, I nearly hit that person. You still take a few minutes to just lie down and go like, whoo. I need to just recover from that. I bet Berardi was just kind of sat near the... Uh, it would have been stood, leaning, just peering round a corner menacingly in the tunnel, just wait, waiting for Taylor to come back well, in. We were trying to interpret uh, Kiko's body language because he kind of pointed at Taylor and then made a face and was like kind of pointing off the pitch. And it was either, I'm going to see you outside, or it was, my mate Berardi is going to see you outside. So just watch your little... Uh, watch your flying boots. Hey lads, you know we said on the other podcast that we uh, we wanted to go top of the league at the start of the season. Well, we've done that alphabetically mm-hmm. over Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, so barring Huddersfield absolutely destroying Derby, which they probably will because Derby are terrible, um, barring that tomorrow night, then we are going to be top at the end of round one of fixtures. Are they back to just being Derby? Oh, Can sorry. Yeah, my mistake. Yeah, uh, what are they? Philip Koku's Derby County now. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll chuck this in because I'll probably forget it before we do the, the proper one. But speaking of Philip Cocku's Derby County, I was on Radio 5 yesterday morning, Saturday morning, on part of a panel, and they had a Derby County fan also phoning in. And they said to uh, they asked her, um, how, how do you feel the summer's going? And um, she started all that, oh, the, the summer's been absolutely fantastic because we got rid of Frank Lampard and that's really helped the club, like this whole circus with him. I, I was sick of it and Frank Lampard didn't do a very good job. Like, Philip Cuckoo, uh, Philip Cuckoo, Philip Cocku <laughs> is going to take take this team forward. I was like, how fucking dare you? After all, all I heard at Elland Road in May was, here's Frank Lampard, he's won more than you, and him dancing around, and he was Mr. Derby County. He was about to go and elbow Brian Clough's uh, bust off of the the, at the Pride Park. They do have a bust of him by this pitch, don't they? Probably. If not, he was going to go and rename the road after himself, with the support of the town, and then it's like, ah, oh, yeah, hated Frank Lampard, glad he's gone. I was like, how dare you? And we were the, the club who's like hoping, clinging on that Marcelo Bielsa might stay. And we were never singing Marcelo Bielsa has won more than Derby. Any of that. Anyway, it annoyed me how quickly, I can how tell. fickle um, a Derby fan can just switch and give be it. like, oh, it's great now. We're, like we were, we were going to give the keys to the city to Frank Lampard three months ago. And now they're really excited about the new season because Frank Lampard has gone. Because I also hate so that sort of fickle approach. Um, for a hero, I'd like to nominate Ben White because he's so much better than Pontus Janssen. <laughs> hey, it's, uh, Pontus Janssen has been holding us back for years. Yes, Ben White at no point tried to make it all about him, did he? 
didn't do any grandstanding, just got on with his job. <laughs> did you see the clip of uh, Pontus playing for Brentford I yesterday? Uh, Pushing someone the... into the stand. Yeah. Pontus being Pontus. Yeah. Very Pontusy. When you s- a needless booking. Mm. Drawing a bit of attention. <laughs> so yeah. Ben White, because he's so much better than Pontus Janssen. And that's an opinion I will hold all season. <laughs> and it's actually, it's possibly not a terrible opinion, because the way Ben White fitted into the team today, and the way he was secure at the back, good with the distribution. He's- he felt like a cog in the machine, didn't he, rather than, um, well, as you always suspected, and Pontus well, he admitted it himself, didn't he? always thought he was bigger than the machine, but he just slotted in and got on with it like he'd always been there, so fair play to him. There's only room for one wild card in that defensive setup. And, and Ian Kiko, he's he's more than enough for everyone. So yeah, we're top of the league anyway. As we as we close this first uh, match ball out, top of the league. Will we stay there? Easy. Yeah. You think we will? Forty six weeks of first place. It's been great though today, hasn't it? Just to to get all those nerves out of the way and see that actually we're all right after all. The last uh, ten minutes were, you know. A bit nerve-wracking. But, but the fact is we got there 3-0 up, yeah, which is... Yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's so, the so, position you earn yourself to be a bit, a exactly. bit nervous. Yeah, I was going to say this at the same point. And in that last 10 or 15 minutes when it got a bit hairy, the game management, something we never had before. Before we just used to pile forward aimlessly and it seems like they maybe learned a little bit more game management, which is basically, like I said before, slowing it down and um, taking this thing out of the game. Yeah, and I watched uh, Nottingham Forest playing West Brom on whatever day it was, was yesterday. They didn't look great. They didn't look any better than Bristol. Um, so I'm I'm pretty confident that we'll have another win next weekend, and it's such a relief after everything that's gone on this summer. Where actually, not much is actually when you look at the team. It's the same team as played most of last season. We've just swapped Ben White. You'd think we'd have this summer of uh, like ruptures and unheaval and um, selling loads and loads of players. Um, well. And- <laughs> And everything, but then to to put everything that has happened into the context of we are still good enough to just beat Bristol City three one at a canter should have been six nil, and to be that good on the opening day against them just puts everything back into like yeah can we just remember that we are actually we're a really really fucking good team and you now look at this last few days of the transfer window having seen such a good performance and you go actually we can now look forward to this. With a degree of optimism, if we can add a couple of players to that squad, to that team, we'll be all right. We can go to any striker and any goalkeeper in Europe, <laughs> if not the world, and say, you want to come and play in this team? And uh, it's probably better that it's a striker rather than a go- uh, defender that we're looking for, because they might go like, in front of that guy, no. Um, but yeah, you show them the, the way the ball was coming into the Bristol City's box today, and they'll go... Yeah, all right. What what were you going to pay Kimar Roof that he refused? I'll have that. Brilliant, and I'll come and score more goals than him. So then, final thoughts. Uh, how are you feeling on day one of the season? Loving it. It's nice. Slightly sick feeling, but nice. Moscow. It, it yes, stressful. Three one up shouldn't have been uh, a difficult ending to the game, and realistically, it wasn't because even if they'd scored, still got a goal advantage, so we would have won anyway. Uh, very, very happy that we are demonstrably good. Excellent. We'll leave it there and we'll be back to speak to you on the regular podcast later on this week. The Square Ball Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.